don't let our world end. LSD fap acid fapping tapping it acid acid fapping tapping it acid fap 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. The Ministry of Cha 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 la la lo la 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 wabba doobie doo doo oh no hey everybody it is high noon but you would never believe that here at mutiny radio because the apocalypse is upon us the skies are darkened it is noon and the sky is orange it's an apocalyptic smoke show it's apparently the first day of a solar eclipse that we were not expecting unexpected solar eclipse slash apocalyptic smoke show here we are mutinyradio.fm i'm here at high noon for the AltaCast. we are going to get right into choose poetry choose life i'm waiting for andy talbot to start up this meeting and i will be right back with all of y'all and all this great poetry which i love so much it is the highlight of my everything. All right. Here is the Zoom. Putting it together. Yeah. So it is really scary here in San Francisco right now. Uh, the I really, I woke up and I couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah, join with video. We're doing that. We're zooming in with... Uh, Glasgow, Scotland, choose poetry, choose life. Andy Talbot coming in. He is going to let me know when this is open. Wowie zowie, everyone. What are you doing for the apocalypse? <laughs> are you going to you get a party? <laughs> what else are we going to do? I'm telling you, this is disturbing. My cats are disturbed. The most disturbing thing on the street is that there's a sound that's missing. And that's of the birds. No birds. No birds outside at all. Are they sleeping? Did they go somewhere safe? Are they all okay? Woo! You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. Warner skies at night, at day. I am. I'm legitimately uh, frightened at this point. I went into the to the bank today to talk to a banker, and I almost found it to be kind of pointless. Like, does money even matter when the world is ending? Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic. I love that word. It's a poetic word. We are starting the... There we go. Call in over internet. Unmute myself. Hi. Aaron Gannon chilling on a bunch of pillows in Glasgow. Andy Talbot putting together his sexy side light there. Yeah. Yay. So uh, San Francisco is an apocalyptic smoke show. It is high noon and it is it is like we're in the middle of a um, what's it called? Eclipse. It's, it, it's so dark outside. It's, it's really scary. It's really because of the smoke. 
from um, all the fires and everything. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mind blowing what's happening right now in San Francisco. It's like, uh, I I mean, I'm gonna write so many poems about this. It is so scary. It's like I studied the Bible as a child, and this is it, folks. If you've got drugs, it's time to do them. Uh, <laughs> right? It's time to get it's time to get this done. Uh, I'm gonna plug us in. Oh, kitty face. All right, we are, oops, we are plugged in now. Let me get back to that screen. Do, 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 There we go. Okay. I saw a picture on Facebook of those. Um, wait a minute, I'm gonna mute pass. So. There we go. My internet down? Yes, Can everybody so hear me? I'm doing yes. this. I'm doing this from my bed because my back. I hurt my back and I can't move it. Oh. Um, or I can't move really. Like I. So that's just FYI. That's why I'm like looking like Bob at that. Um. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um. Hello. Welcome to choose poetry choose life does and i was just gonna ask this um just to yeah if anybody wants to go that didn't email through the website um just let me know in chat and we'll put you down on the list and then um yeah that's it the and so i what are the announcements like we should make this is a safe space don't be a dick um <laughs> don't be on there. mutiny radio so if you have privacy cadet or whatever but this is being broadcast um and please and let us know the pronoun either in chat sounds and Leslie I see that you are here you said you wanted well you wanted to go but you were the first person said, said so so you're first on the list today are you cool with that hold on I'm asking you to unmute. You have to unmute yourself, darling. Can I go second? <laughs> okay. Oh, looks like we lost connection. Looks like we're getting back in. You guys are listening to Choose Poetry, Choose Life from Glasgow, Scotland, Zoomed via mutinyradio.fm. Your hosts are Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon, living there in Scotland. And unfortunately, Aaron threw her back out, so she's on a big pile of pillows. And we are going to get started. There we go. Now I'm back in. Tune of seeing a cat run 
down. Yeah, looks like I'm the missing link here. I'm the one with the bad internet. So let's try to hook that back in and get that going. Technical difficulties this morning. Not surprised since there is an apocalypse outside. But there we go. I'm not, I'm not surprised that the internet is acting up. It's literally dark outside <laughs> I'd be surprised if anything works but it is it's uh, the zoom is connecting right now there was a bad connection which is why you heard all that skippity skippity do kind of stuff uh, I'm trying to get this internet back up and going there we go come on mutiny DJs do your thing. Make me have Wi-Fi. You're listening, as always, to Kope in the back. Oh, I want to hear the poetry today. I need it. I need to hear some um, uplifting messages of truth from my Glasgowian buddies. Oh, come on. Why? What's an authentication error? What does that mean? What's an authentication error? Please, computer box. Please, phone box. Make it work for me. Make it work for us. Okay, listen to some copay while I try to get this together. Poopity duperdins. <laughs> recognized with no idea of what it might have done or said all night and contrarywise transparently destroyed 
vaguely sensing there had been guests staying overnight, but unable to recall enough to tell if anything of them remained. Hollow did as Hollow always had, and does, and will do. Hollow was as hollow as, nor ever could be not. That's that one. And finally, thank you folks. Uh, finally, I'd like to do a poem which is about nostalgia. I think nostalgia does to your memories what Hollywood does when they make a biopic of somebody's life. You know, they don't shoot in the original locations because it's too pokey and the light's wrong. And, and they often take three or four person uh, characters from a person's life and concatenate them into one actor. It's simpler for the audience. And of course, they always cast somebody far more attractive than the person was in real life. And that's what I think nostalgia does to your memories. And um, this is called Here. Here, in the quiet between silences, gaze lost enthralled to a wall patch of leaf dapple rippling the drift between bookcase and door. I remember a room by the park, the window thrown open, blown curtains, the bed, and how that humming summer long we made there a thesaurus of the hours, assaying every synonym for kiss. Noun and verb, active, present, perfect, and imperative, and shaping a few more just for ourselves. And if this is how it wants itself remembered, well, I ask you, where's the harm? My diaries hold the details, but the details aren't the tale. A room? No several rooms in different towns, some with windows that would open, others welded stifling shut by decades worth of yellowed landlord gloss. <laughs> Most looked onto noisy streets, one onto a market selling fish. At close of business every afternoon they'd hose the stalls down. No one left their windows open then. But another, yes, was near a park. If by near you mean a seven-minute walk. Summer. Oh, let it be a summer. Collage, though it may be. Gathered stuff of every season. Scraps of disparate liaisons. Brief vacations. Lazy weekends in and just the once. A nameless one-night stand. And you? A gentle fusion of the few. The ones I can't and won't forget, girls and boys alike. Did I just say alike? I meant unique. Thank you, everybody. That's me done. Thank you, Ken. It's so good to see you. Hi. I love your sweater, by the way. The flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Leslie, are you ready to go? Gotta unmute her. Okay, so I'm ready. Three times is the charm. Yeah. Okay, so, so wait, somebody else. Do you want somebody else to go? I uh, know. I'm ready. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. I'm gonna I'm be ready. myself then. All right. Okay. San Francisco. Uh, this one's called the Summer of Love. And yeah, 
I came of age during the summer of love. Long story. I ran away to Haight-Ashbury when I was 16 on a train. I disguised myself. It's a long story. This poem is not about that. It's called The Summer of Love. Listen, my friends. Listen, my friends. Listen, my friends. Listen, my friends. What's going down behind the Omaha Range from where we came? And let's be clear, 1969 was not the summer of love. It was 1967. It was 1967. That was the summer of love. The summer of love. S-O-L, S-O-L, soul, the sun, S-O-L, shit out of luck if you got drafted. Overbright that summer, the sun burning and us burning with love and desire to be, to be. Overbright, too bright, burning bright in the sky up there so high. Yeah, too cool. It was cool. I'm telling you, it was cool. Yeah. In 1967, it was possible. It was on the wind that walking down the street, hanging in the street, being in the street with happy feet, dancing to the beat in the street. Ain't it neat? Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Coming at you, coming your way, coming at you. It was only pure love only pure light. How are you doing, my brother? What's happening, sister? You're seeing it. You are feeling it. Some love coming at you. You're going to be it. You are being it. Palpable in human body, urgent in the ex excellence of its excesses and wondrous in human form. Pure light coming at you, coming your way, about to be delivered unto you, and then you get it. It comes and washes over you, the love, my brother, the love, my sister, the love. Others called it, others named it, many names, the names, the words come later. Plastic as plastic love beads in the summer, that summer it just was, our baby with no name, not the summer of love, just our baby with no name, just being, being with no words, just being. Being with the experience and no words, just being. Being with each other and no words, just being. Our being with each other, being an experience, not the summer of love. That came later, the names, the words, the plastic people. Plastic people, oh baby, now there's such a drag. It was change only, only that, it is change. If we named it for ourselves, when we named it for ourselves, we called it simply the movement because it moved things around. It changed things. It moved things around. Keep on moving. Keep on moving things around. Keep on moving. Beings, peacings, lovings, happenings in the moment, only and always in the moment. What's going down behind? What's going down behind? What's going down behind? What was going down behind was hidden, then gone. The lights went out one by one, and it got pretty fucking dark. The lights went out one by one, and it didn't stop. It just kept right on coming straight ahead. The body bags coming in from Vietnam. Martin Luther King died, Robert Kennedy died, the 1968 National Democratic Convention in Chicago. Watts burned, 
Huff burned, a tad offensive, Janice dead, Jimmy dead, later, Jim Morrison, later, Kent State, Charles Manson, Altamont, cocaine hit the street, junkies everywhere, hustlers, junkies, ringy assholes moving around, moving around, moving everywhere, moving things around, keep on moving, keep on moving straight ahead. 1969 was not the summer of love, get it straight, fuck Woodstock fucking bullshit media hype it was over by then the movement was already dead and Woodstock was the fucking funeral in 1969 there was only the possibility that you might die in spirit or in body and I don't have anything more to say got any questions buy me a beer and if I'm in a good mood I might answer them change is that's all Okay, how okay. weird is that? I almost, I was this close to picking a picture of Joe, of Country Joe McDonald. So I swear to God, singing, singing uh, the Fixin' to Die Rag for the email today, but instead I picked the Highland Cow. Is that the oh word? Oh my God. Or what? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. <laughs> I Anyway. Country oh, Joe McDonald, I just love that guy. Oh, I, I so saw him <laughs> Oh, back in the day. It, yeah, Country yeah, yeah. Joe and the fish. Anyways, cut. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> God, I love him. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna like get get here to the here and now, and I'm just gonna read a couple new ones. Right uh, on. Cool. Okay, I'll mute myself. Weird, weird ass, uh, weird ass new ones. What do I know, huh? <laughs> All right, so um, this one is uh, this one's pretty new. It's very new. It's called the Crow Eye, and it's for Ted Hughes. And uh, yeah, I like Ted Hughes. He wrote um, a, a, a poetry book I found in a charity shop, simply called Crow. It's pretty strange, and I like it. Before the crows wove spun gold to blanket us as we sleep, we slept cold. We dreamed ragged, separated from thought, the unity of skies, the glinting treasure hidden from the eye at ground level, only in the skies do you see. Rise up from this muddy pool, the grit and dirt of this, the worn out time. We can slough off like sister snake, the old skin that holds us too tight. We can, like brother crow, miss nothing that the beaded yellow eye trained to the patterns to track what falls between the weft and the warp, the crumbs of treasure to be loosened, work free from the tightly packed threads enmeshed with light, your soul, star, and salvage. Rescue, free that which is caught, the heated desires hidden, the cautness to be take, to take back to the nest, ragged business that it is, and sit and sit, this prized and perfect gem that shows us form until we free we are free to go the crow that keeps the eye on us okay my last one is called um the plowshares this one's brand new too and uh yeah anyhow the plowshares derelict symphony atonement is all don't you know this step the pace and keep the time keep it 
Mercy will not have you, will not let you go. A strange taskmaster, the tuneless night we spent torn apart by the dark. It shall not have you, you gone no more into the shadow world. Their bare-knuckle truth will hold on, more grim than death everlasting. Be not afraid, it will only hurt for a second. I cannot save it if I could only find a slim finger to hold, but I have lost my grip. My sanity is thin as ice and as cold. The snot drips from my nose, tired of crying. The, winds blow, the wind blows the curtains unfurled. It hides nothing but your sins. Eat a croissant, I shall have a buttered scones. We will join again at sunset after the rains, as they say, meaning nothing when they say it. The plowshares take everything, yet the fields of green remain. Still here to move slowly, a rehearsed dance, heads bobbing. I love you, I always shall. Rest easy, I will take nothing, and tiptoe out the door and gently away upon talking to you about the shapes I see in clouds and the visions in the night sky. Okay, that's my set for tonight. I think it's, we're, yeah, we're gonna call them sets now. That's awesome. <laughs> totally, why not? Thank why you not? so much, Leslie. They totally right. Ken said that your voice is like, or not Ken, um, Generalissimo said your voice is like a soothing existential spa treatment. It's totally true. <laughs> um, okay, wait, I lost the... Um, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Jeff, it is your turn. Are you ready to go? Let me find you. Hello? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Just give me a second. No worries. Hello. I'm going to mute myself, so go when you're ready. Fixing my lighting so I look slightly less creepy. Okay, so I have I have a new poem. But a few of you have heard it a few times this week, so it'll probably feel old to you. Look up in the sky. No, not the sky. In the coffee shop, sitting at the corner table alone, scrolling down his cell phone, with two days' growth of beard and a milk stain on his pants. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a dog? Is it a waffle iron? Is it a shoe? No, it's adequate man. Adequate man, faster than a speeding hamster, more powerful than a toddler, able to leap over a tall chicken in a single bound. Adequate man, when trouble rears its head, does he ignore it? No, he stays home and reads about it on the internet. When faced with injustice, does he lie down? No. He sits and tells others on social media to do something. When people are needy, does he neglect them? No, he donates $5 to the cause if it's tax deductible. When trash needs to be taken out, when dishes need to be dried, when the dog needs to be walked, he does it. Whatever the crisis, whatever the threat, citizens know they can call on him for the bare minimum. Tremble before the powers of adequate man his 2020 vision, his average physical strength, his ability to melt steel with the help of welding equipment, his bachelor's degree in environmental studies, his office data entry job, the force of which has allowed him to pay off part of his student loan, 
His capability of viewing an entire Netflix series in one binge. His gift for devouring six pizza slices in one meal. Watch Adequate Man and you will believe a man can fly, provided that he makes the airport gate on time. Adequate Man and his loyal sidekick, sidekick Drinking Buddy. What a duo. Together they rid the world of craft beer and chicken wings while they bravely watch hockey and basketball on a pub TV. When Adequate Man battles against a tough trivia question, who steps in with the right answer every time? Drinking Buddy. And when Adequate Man faces another lonely Saturday evening, whom does he call on for help? Drinking Buddy, of course. With Drinking Buddy's six-packs and Xbox games, both of them team up to save the night once more. Feel the wrath of the mortal enemies of Adequate Man. The landlord who keeps reminding him the rent is late. The neighborhood tabby cat who triggers his allergies. The cute, perky ex who just wants to be friends now. The sexy cashier at his local convenience store who's nice to him but secretly thinks he's creepy. The messy, filthy apartment that still refuses to clean itself. And his ultimate nemesis, the Joker. Specifically, his old high school acquaintance, Bob, who now works in upper management at the same company. Still working in data entry, eh, adequate man? Don't let the high stress get to you. <laughs> oh, the laughter. The crazed, mocking laughter. One day, Bob, you will get yours. And so, citizens, the next time you need a hero, a hero who can help you rake your leaves or give you a lift to the airport or take money at the door at your next poetry event, you know who to look for. Look over there, smoking behind the 7-Eleven. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a no smoking sign on a plane? Is it a fidget spinner? Is it a chocolate teapot? Is it a ladle? Is it a bidet? Is it a jack-in-the-box? Is it a designer purse? Is it a tea cozy? Is it a tooth grill? Is it a toast rack? Is it an egg slicer? Is it a mattress tag that reads, do not remove? No, it's Adequate Man, master of mediocrity, the quintessential hero of our times. Thank you. That was called Adequate Man. I don't know what a tooth grill is. Somebody suggested it on Facebook, and I just nabbed it, uh, answering Beth's questions. Um, if I have time for another one, I get thumbs up from Aaron. Um, so if there's one thing... If there's one thing that we poets and artists love, it's corporate meetings. So this is called business meeting. Afternoon stakeholders, I'd like to take ownership of this meeting and utilize it to reach out to all of you on the team and touch base in a proactive way. Going forward, before we hit the ground running in regards to our action item list, does anybody here have an ask? Any of you have an ask? Nobody has an ask? No ask? Well, let's use our bandwidth wisely and get on with our thought shower. For our primary action item going forward, let's consider reprioritizing our delivery strategy in regards to our best practices and our learnings. Do our best practices add value to the team? Do they result in value added? What kind of impact do they have? How does it impact you as a team member? How do you impact the team? How do you impact the bottom line? Do you do it in an impactful way? Is this done impactfully? Is this a cutting edge impact compliant with our externalities? Or does this impact result in a negative growth? Does this impact minimize the usage of bandwidth? 
or is it a wastage of metrics? Is it appropriate to think outside the box here, or would it be better to look for the low-hanging fruit by leveraging a standard operating procedure with a high-quality solution? In regards to this action item, does anybody have an ask? Any ask? No asks yet? Fine, let's progress the situation by doing a 360 and layering the message with alignments and blue sky thinking. In regards to our new SOP, we are forced to deal with a severe and challenging opportunity. How can we solution this opportunity? How can we action this opportunity? If we take the ball and run with it and be intentional with this opportunity, how will this impact our deliverables? After we leverage the SOP and weaponize it and then slaughter the firstborn children of our competitors, should we task our scrutineers to redact the usage of our externalities with a full hot hard stop? Oh, somebody has an ask. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, no, we are not going to be slaughtering any children. That was a metaphor. Now then, in regards to our secondary objectives and our mission statement, let's unpack this and liaise with our negative growth going forward. To put a pin in that, how much bandwidth should we expend by tasking the deliverables to the external stakeholders, and will that result in scope creep? How can we solution this impact in the third quarter with a focus on state-of-the-art technologies? Should we detonate the bomb in the hospital's underground parking garage? And if so, should we take it offline? Will this cause a predetermined hard stop in the opera? Somebody has another ask. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, we are not planning to detonate any explosives anywhere. That was jargon. Well, it's the new jargon. Have another donut there. Now, in regards to our limited bandwidth and proactive fiscal years, let's put all this in our wheelhouse and webinize the essentials. Will we need to resource action the whole department? And if not, will there be an excess of wastage? Can we make productive usage of this wastage? Is it an opportunity we can solution with minimal wastage? Should we leverage a solution from the remote team going forward? And whom do we task with this solution? What impact will it have? How will it impact the subsequent impact? Is this a game-changing impact? Will this impact change the landscape of the industry? Once we've succeeded in our world domination objective, how much of the global population should we enslave? Should we <laughs> enslave them through brute force or through brainwashing and manipulation? Should their deaths be quick and painless or do we resort to torture first? How cruel do we need to be? Should our cruelty have a practical objective or should we torture the populace for the pure enjoyment of it? How long do we wait before wiping out the dolphins? What about the harp seals? Should we use clubs, tasers, or power drills? What time frame should we establish for firing a nuclear missile, nuclear missile at the sun? And when we do, what kind of impact will it have on our impacts? Yes, we have another ask. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I think this team member's asks are having a negative impact on our bottom line. I vote that we solution this team member permanently. I propose that we make a strong impact on him. Specifically, we impact him on the side of his head with a crowbar. And then we adopt a new delivery strategy, strategy by delivering him through a 10th floor window. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's not a metaphor. Let's make kicking his ass our primary action item. Going forward <laughs> with great impact. Impactfully. So that was called meeting. Yay! Yay! Yay and then yay! It would be difficult for me Making to explain Making my back hurt more, Jeff. 
That oh, I'm great. sorry. That's okay. I'm like laughing. Awesome. If I were there, I'd give you a massage, but I'm not. <laughs> it's so horrible. This is the first time this has ever happened to me where I've it's been like I've never had a back problem. So I'm like I don't really know what I'm doing besides laying here and taking codeine. But anyways, um thank you so much. I like I I can't where did where did I hear you read adequate man before if it's new? Um I How did Okay, I did it in Nashville on Saturday, and I did it at uh, Finn's show on Sunday. And... Right, right, right. That's probably yeah. what it is. Yeah, okay, cool. Wow. Deliverables makes me cringe, always. Oh. <laughs> ah! Anyways, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to mute. Not myself, but okay, wait. Um, Stilly, are you ready to go? Wait, I have to like make it so I can see you. Where is he? Hello, I'm unmuting you. Hi. Hello. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yes, no, no, I can do one. Yes, oh, 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 one. Cool. Cool. Can I have the uh, the screen? Oh yeah. Sorry, I gotta make you. <clears throat> um. 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 There we go. This is this is new. I've never performed this before, although I have um, uploaded this onto YouTube, my first ever YouTube video. <laughs> La -de -da. It's got currently, I think, four people have seen it, so you're going to double it. Um, and uh, here we go. When I uh, find the right buttons, square sheet, square. Okay, slideshow, right, slide, here we go. And this one is called <clears throat> The Magnificent Hendersons. A hard group be dropped from the troop and the human cannonball to be fired. The escapologist freed from his contract, and the bearded lady was dismissed. Pablo took a long sip from the flask in his hip as he read the last names on his list. The magnificent Henderson brothers were stars of trapeze and high wire. Marksmen acrobatic, both brave and dramatic, but who must be forced to retire? They argued that without each other, the trapeze act would just be a swing. But Pablo decreed that he'd only the need for the best in the thank circus ring. So it was that an argument started about which of them was more essential. Alberto insisted, whilst Roberto listed his varied performing credentials. And quickly the talks became violent. But the circus had a strict no-fight rule. And so they resolved that the choice will be solved by them shooting it out in a duel. They agreed to use crossbows and arrows on a wire with no net for their safety. And in order to save time on digging a grave, the tightrope would pass over the cemetery. At sunrise, they met in the middle with Pablo acting as their seconds. They each took 10 paces and stood in their places. They loaded and pointed their weapons. But after a lifetime of practice, 
in not drawing blood with their firing. Each Henderson brother both missed each other and remained unscathed on the wiring. Roberto insisted the problem was the shot was simply too easy. The kill I could manage with more of a challenge. I could do it if this rope was made greasy. Alberto, he too wanted changes and ripped off his sleeve for a blindfold. And when they were ready, one blind, one unsteady, they still missed and so had to reload. At ground level, observing the problem, Pablo sent for more apparatus. The cloud swing was vital and the chimp's unicycle raised the stakes in the fight's lethal status. Roberto, still greased up and one-legged, faced the wrong way but armed with a mirror, whilst Alberto, quite blind, did his best to combine, juggling pittons whilst pulling his trigger. More shots fired, but still no satisfaction, at least not from the sibling duelists. But the brother's suspension had drawn the attention of quite a few graveyard tourists which Pablo was keen on exploiting and sent word for more acts from the circus. The animal tamer and elephant trainer brought refreshments for people to purchase. The clowns on the graves were hilarious. The bars on the crypt great for lions. And every half hour, the duel on the wire awed the crowd with increased death defiance. Roberto, still greased up, was waltzing as he played the violin on his wheel whilst inside a sack his brother shot back by shouting commands to a seal. By the time evening fell, they both hadn't, and the darkness now hid their display. But a man from the bank had spoken with Fank, quite impressed with the takings that day. A loan was arranged with no interest, and all acts now were up for rehire. Pablo shouted and waved that the circus was saved, which caused quite a shock on the wire. But the Henderson's joy at the good news brought their fall and fatal crash landing. They had saved the circus, but with grave precursors, as their balance was no longer outstanding. Thank you very much. Well, we're having a distinctly sort of a 60s rock thing going on already and we're only like five people in <laughs> thank you so much silly that was great oh my god um i knew i'd heard the names from somewhere before exactly exactly <laughs> you find out at the end what it's called. <laughs> i was like Bruh. um okay cool thanks let's see um next is aj are you ready to go aj yeah, okay, cool. We're unmuting. <clears throat> so, um, I had some, I had a plan for what I was going to do tonight. Um, and then Jeff did his, um, his poem about jargon. So I'm going to swap out one of the poems I was going to do for this one, which I wrote back in 2010. Um, at the time, I was working at a place which, um, like to talk a lot about how many awards it had won for being a great place to work, um, which always led me to think that money had changed hands, frankly. So this is called Employer of the Year. We use task as a verb and learn as a noun. 
We encourage the turning of frowns upside down and to improve your relationship building technique, we're constantly policing the way that you speak. We've read every book going about NLP, but we're not sure quite how you spell psychology. Does that worry us? Heck no. That's small stuff. Don't sweat it. It takes guts to believe what researchers discredit. We're proud that we've got an above-average team, but don't ask if that's median, modal, or mean. Above-average girls and above-average guys, above-average straights, homosexuals, and bi's, above-average blacks, and above-average Asians, though it has to be said that we're mostly co occasion but we'd love some more gays and what's that you say sis no i'm sorry i'm not really sure what that is look i object to you telling me we're not diverse there's a box on the survey we went on a course i failed to imagine what more we could do we bend over backwards for people like you what do you mean how can that be offensive? That wasn't the sense in which Bend was intended. Privilege? What? Just because I'm team leader, you don't understand what I went through to be here. I learned how to swagger but looked to the meek and with perfect due diligence week after week with targeted meetings and structured support, I reached out to the fragile and bade them to walk right back to the dole queue. See, they wouldn't mix wouldn't go out with us, wouldn't get pissed, kept saying some crap about not feeling safe as if, I mean, come on, you feel safe, yeah, mate? Exactly, we're number one. We've won awards cause we watch who comes in and goes out of those doors. So sit with me, bud, and I'll teach you the words. Cause see, learn is a noun here and task is a verb. I can't remember who it was, but someone said corruption begins in the language. Um, tend to agree with him. Uh, so, this is the second, thank you, thanks. This is the second poem I was going to do. Um, I wrote this. This actually is slightly a found poem. Um, been in the news a lot this week that um, our country have apparently decided that laws don't apply to us anymore um, because we only break them in a limited and specific manner which is very interesting. And to be honest, and also the coronavirus is starting up again and everything seems to just be, you know, a bit shit. So this is, this is a poem which consists partly of um, a tourist sign and partly of the proposed text for a nuclear waste site in the New Mexico desert, um, which is designed to make the site um, threatening to anyone who should go there in the future after our civilization has died out. So this is called Welcome to England. Welcome to England. This place is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. This place is best left shunned and uninhabited. What is here is frightening and repulsive to us. The center of danger is here. We considered ourselves a powerful culture. The danger is present in your time as it was in ours. This message is a warning and part of a system of messages. Pay attention to it. This place is not a place of honor. We considered ourselves a powerful culture. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. 
This place is best left shunned and uninhabited. Welcome to England. And on a similar tip, this is a poem. Um, this is a poem about walls. Thanks. It's called uh, Partria. Not that far from here, you'll find the remnant of a wall that was constructed, then abandoned, and then a scavenged ruin long before this country was this country, marking a border we've not used in centuries. The man in whose name it was built was surely proud of his idea, as perhaps were those who built it in his name. And long after his name and his nation no longer meant anything, the farmers who would steal its stones to build their smaller walls were proud of their eye for a good piece of rock, their skill in stacking stones, dry, so they held each other up. So those who dug along the wall to find the fragments which assembled tell us how the folk who lived along it lived can be proud of the work that they did. To let that different nation speak to one whose borders, people, tongues have changed so often since. The stones were worked free of the dirt. The wall was composed of the stones. The wall was a source of the stones with which people created their homes. Then the wall was again lost to dirt until it was once more worked free, dug, catalogued, and dusted in a different century. These were the acts to take pride in, the things that were done with the stone. Take pride in what you too have done and not the dirt you did it on. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Wow, thanks, AJ. That was like a gear shift. Very El Serioso <laughs> in, the, in the last poem. Um, the next person we have is John Wessick. And got to find you. Here we go. Oh no, I think I just asked Holly to unmute instead of, cause like the Zoom pieces change on you while you're actually trying to like do stuff. It's kind of annoying. Okay, um, so I'm gonna try this shit again. Or did he go away? Oh, there you are. Hello. Did that work? Hey, how about that? Okay, I'm muting myself. So, um, you know, Jeff has uh, adequate man, and I have uh, a whole uh, stable of mediocre superheroes that I call the JW universe, and maybe we can arrange a crossover episode at some point. Anyway, uh, this is in this book, uh, Arugula, and uh, this is called The Adventures of Non-Sequitur Man. Using his amazing powers to stun the mind, non-sequitur man protects Jupiter City from criminals and terrorists alike. When we last saw our hero, the evil Kohlrabi had rendered him unconscious with knockout gas. Our story resumes in Kohlrabi's hideout. It's no use struggling, non-sequitur man. Kohlrabi twisted the tips of his green mustache. Your shackles are unbreakable, and once my henchman Dwayne lowers you into that pit, 100,000 hungry earthworms will turn you into compost. Ha 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 
Dwayne waved and then turned to Kohlrabi. Hey, boss, shouldn't you explain your evil plan? Why should I explain my evil plan to him? He's about to pass through the elementary canals of 100,000 hungry worth earthworms. Because it's traditional. Very well. Kohlrabi struggled with Windows 8 to bring up a computer graphic. Where's that damn start button? No, never mind. I'll just use this icon here. Kohlrabi paged through a PowerPoint presentation to the figure he wanted. Once you're out of the way, I'll send weekly boxes of organic produce to every man, woman, and child in Jupiter City. They'll be so busy trying to figure out how to cook this stuff that Dwayne and I will waltz right in and take over. There! Ignoring Dwayne's desperate gestures, Kohlrabi then asked, Do you have any last words before you die? Non-sequitur man looked into the gaping maws of 100,000 hungry earthworms and said, no parking between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Tuesdays due to street sweeping. Violators will be towed. Ah! Ah! Kohlrabi grabbed his head with stock-like arms. That makes no sense. I gave you a perfect dramatic scene and you reply with that unless... He began pacing. You mean that my plan will be foiled by some unforeseen parking violation? But boss, he's called non-sequitur man after all. No, you fool, a non-sequitur is a term in logic that describes a conclusion that does not follow from the premises. Kohlravi waved his stocks. You know, like all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates hates Swiss cheese. I was referring to a non-sequitur used as a literary device. Dwayne pulled up a Wikipedia page describing theater of the absurd on Kohlrabi's laptop. Give me that! Kohlrabi snatched the laptop from Dwayne's hands, but try as he might, he couldn't get Windows 8 to do what he wanted. Damn piece of... While attempting to throw his laptop against the wall, Kohlrabi tripped and fell into the pit. Ah! Later, while police packed Kohlrabi's remains into yard bags, Detective Kobo Dashiki expressed the thanks of a grateful city. Well, non-sequitur man, looks like Mayor Kardashian owes you another one. Thanks, Kobo. Non-sequitur man pointed at the detective's colorful outfit. Damn, that's one hell of a shirt. You like it, Dashiki beamed? I got it in West Africa on my way back from Mount Koya. Bake at 350 degrees for 30 minutes or until browned. What the? When Dashiki realized the joke, he punched non-sequitur man in the shoulder. You asshole. And I'll do one more for you. Here's a poem. Um, this is sort of my 9-11 poem uh, called Flawed Creatures. What will you do now that you've awakened next to a corpse in your basement? You flee up the wooden steps to the living room where a snub-nosed revolver with three rounds fired lies next to an upset wine bottle and red stain on the carpet. The pain behind your left eye stabs like an ice pick. Surely you who wore a white robe in Sunday school don't belong in this B-movie plot. Yet dim memories of a sneered insult and an argument linger like the smoky smell of residue on your hand. 
You hide your black eye behind sunglasses and rush out the door. Water streams in a silver parabola when your neighbor opens fire on the germaniums with a garden hose. Examine him closely. The telltale crimson spots on his pantcuffs explain the fetid odor you noticed by his garage. Come to think of it, the perfume of spoilt meat has lurked behind the salt breeze for centuries. You stumble back inside and slam the deadbolt home. Friend, how can prisons and armies keep us safe when the world swims in blood? Come, I'll open my basement to you. Leave your robe and platitudes at the top of the stairs. We'll stare red-eyed at what we've done and what we can do. By the light of a naked 60-watt bulb, we'll search for answers. Thank you. I don't know how I got muted. Hello. Um, I thought I was talking a whole bunch there, and now I don't know what you guys heard or what you didn't. Um, I tried to sit up, didn't work. I was going to do a piece that I did. Oh, it's a wombat. Oh, my God, how funny. <laughs> That's perfect for a non sequitur man. <laughs> um, so I was going to do a new thing from the rock opera, but it involves the guitar, but I can't play the guitar. So I'm just going to do a boring old regular just page poem from the rock opera world premiere because it's my turn now. Hi, I'm Erin. Um, it's called Can and Keeping Along the Lines of Today's Apparent Theme. Well, one of them, which is the sort of hippie bands. It's called At Least I Got to Sing Sweet Virginia. None of them knows or cares, except maybe someone's listening now. It cost me Dylan, and he was the world to me. He'd save me with his soft, rainy melody. He'd worry at the lines on my forehead and I, my unmanicured brows. I fell at his feet. I wanted to save him in kind, because I knew we'd be able to fly. He lost me when he lost himself. When that happened, I can't say. But I swear, you guys, I don't think he even tried. So, so I played every game I knew how to play, and I lied, and I lied, and I lied. And I'll be fucked if I didn't carry the whole damn thing from ass to end and back again. I pulled the stops out for everyone so we'd feel all right. I schmoozed the bartenders, and I booked the shows, and I procured the cocaine. Surrounded by shysters, alone and alarmingly unhigh, I wondered why did I create this garden to tend? because it was more important to sing Sweet Virginia than get laid. When I came in practice, I think that's where I lost him. Maybe he didn't want to share. He was waiting for a special missive, breathless von moths, all unspoken. I was calling Sweet Virginia down, asking her to jump me when we played. The stage was constructed precisely for her conjure. We hoped when she arrived, she'd stay. The pain would bubble first through my brainstem and choking, I'd make contact and ride her waves. In case she was terrifying, in case she was soaking in ardor, 
in case she simply swayed. I needed not just Dylan, but all of the guys to keep us rocking, to shake that shame out of its frame, roll it onto the goddamn dance floor where everyone should be singing and everyone should know Sweet Virginia's name. I had places for Dylan, so much more tender, but when someone's not there, they can't see. Those places laid fallow, and so grew my anger. The cracks and the creaks underneath, I barely had a clue. There were drummers to find and new songs to teach. Like a mother of six, I had too much to do. Singing and fucking like an angel became my job. I ripped off my scab so it would look like free. I did my best to inherit the preacher. I beat myself to the greens and the blues. There was one boy I wanted and I couldn't have him. So I broke myself up and beyond. I fucked them as long as they came bearing booze. When I got tired of fucking Dylan over, I was gone. I had to scrape that shit right off my shoes. That is the Sweet Virginia poem called At Least I Got to Sing Sweet Virginia, which if you don't know is a song off of the Mankind's Greatest Achievement XL and Main Street by the Rolling Stones. And every line, it the rhyme scheme and all the lines exactly match the lines, the lines of the rhyme scheme and actually Sweet Virginia, which was the experiment. So anyways, that's like, and I don't know. I'm it not so bad. with it, but I thought I'd read no, it. No, it's so good. It's, the it's, world it's so, so good. So that is me. Um, I'm gonna unmute everybody because now we're gonna go on break. Uh, and so we'll be back um and like 15 minutes i'm not gonna go out for a smoke because i can't move but usually yeah, <laughs> 15 minutes um and then i think i should say andy i guess you're are you ready to go first after break just to like yeah yeah, yeah. i'm good okay we got a lot of new shit this tonight Woo! yeah I've, I've got so well I, I read it at finn's event on sunday technically oh right right, right. It's, it's new here so so those of us that were at finn yeah. just pretend you haven't heard it happy birthday Which, by finn. the way it's oh. finn's birthday um but i put finn as a close a finn you're closing because it's your birthday so i thought it's your birthday oh it's your birthday, it's your birthday. <laughs> yeah happy birthday finn. yeah, yeah. Well, happy birthday. Um, yeah, happy birthday. We'll try to show everybody. Wait. Okay, I just that, that rock opera is amazing. Jeff, no. Your rock opera is amazing. That poem was incredible and so oh, touching. Really? I loved it. Well, no, I mean, I used oh, to thanks. also have, I mean, I have a crush on every boy and I understand artistically. You know the people, works. you know some of the people involved. I, I might even know some of the people involved. I'm going to, I'm going to pull this out, but I just wanted to give you that uh, compliment uh, live to your face oh, on the air. Cause it was so, this, I'm so excited. Your rock opera is so amazing. I'm just, it's so good. You're like, oh, just a poem from it. But it's like, oh my God. Ah! it's, I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much. Do I laugh this much normally? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the it's the Cody. So uh, well, it could be the Cody. Well, it only just came.
right back with Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Uh, we're taking a little break, and I'm going to put on the commercials. But be right back, because we're going to have Andy Talbot he, reading from his new chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin. We also have Finn. It's his birthday. A hundred different poets work together on a poem that he came up with for COVID. Exciting stuff. I'm going to get to read a story, and we'll be back with more poetry. Choose Poetry, Choose Life here on MutinyRadio.fm, The AltaCast. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin pizza for this tremendous outdoor comedy show at 1605 Gerald Avenue in the Bayview. That's all jokes at Good Pizza with Drea Myers, Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, Disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. I am Italian. And we brought you fascismus with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. <laughs> 
You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hey you, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um, what what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why why are we? (laughs) None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, "Move it, bitch! Move it, bitch!" and uh. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing. Despite of their size, please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word, 
Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. LSD, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. We're coming right back here to Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Going to play some music and plug it back in. More poetry. We still have Andy Talbot coming up, reading hopefully from his new chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin. I, there's only a couple copies left. You should check that out. And uh, hey, we'll be right back. She's not muted, so... Oh, oh there she is. Oh, there we go. Hi. Hello, Sorry. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Ow. Ow. Ah. Fucking A, man. This sucks. <laughs> I'm supposed to ride my motorcycle to Belfast on Friday morning. Whoa. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lana, kill it or cure it. Sorry. I, I think, to be honest. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so, hi, welcome back. Woohoo! Andy. Andy, are you ready to go? Uh, yeah, I, I, are we good to go? Are we... Yeah, sure. I, I mean. Yeah, sweet. Um, so, I've got, I've got two. Well, I might just do one and then at the end I might. Maybe do another one if we have time. Because um, the first one's a little bit longer than what I normally do. Um, so yeah, it's been a weird... This is like a really... I'll read it. 
But this kind of thing like doesn't happen to me, and it doesn't happen to. Yeah. Anyway, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Sweet. I'm just gonna get on with it because I don't really know how to introduce this one yet. I'm just <laughs> gonna do it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so here was the situation. We've been broken up almost ten months since a couple of days before the Christmas of 2019. We'd kept in touch, mostly due to the fact that we still share a mortgage. Though we both found that we actually spoke more since we separated. For the most part, we were civil. In fact, I can't recall any arguments we've had since the breakup. To achieve this, we talked about only a limited number of subjects. The house, our cat Jess, my new pets, of which there are four, wrestling, and football, as well as any interesting family updates. Though I should point out, as she did, that I forgot to tell her about my sister expecting a baby boy. Occasionally, we still did things to help each other out. Recently, I called up to change the interest rates on our mortgage. I kept Sky TV on in my name, so as not to interrupt her ability to watch live Premier League games once the season had resumed. She returned the favour by agreeing to turn one of my old denim jackets into a sleeveless vest for a, an upcoming poultry gig. So last Saturday I dropped off the jacket, making the familiar trip to my old house, turned into my old street, saw my old house. There was a car on my old driveway. Her car. Wait. Not her car. No, no, that's her car. Is that? Her car? Yep, that's her car. That was weird. I park up at the bottom of the drive behind what is most definitely her car. I stole my car before getting out, which is fine because I'm getting out anyway. I knock ever so lightly on the frosted glass of the front door, turn my key. Yeah, I still have a key. And um, as I was writing this, um, I feel that's a bit strange. Anyway, in case you were wondering, uh, I knocked ever so lightly on the door because since I left, she's fallen into the habit of sleeping on the couch in the living room downstairs. So I gently, gently opened the front door and I'm met with a little bit of a surprise. The living room door is shut. Now to you, that might seem normal, but as I mentioned earlier, we have a cat, so we don't do the whole closing the door thing. I figure this is purely for one of two reasons. One, so I don't wake her. Or two, to allow her the time to cover up her modesty if she isn't decent when I arrive. So I knock again and gently, gently open the living room door and it's just as I thought. Those are legs. Naked legs. One, two, yeah, two naked legs. Wait. Three naked legs. Two naked faces. One of which I've never seen before. This is awkward. I shut the door fast. Fast and silent. I dropped the jacket on the stairs and just managed to close the front door before I erupted in laughter of sheer disbelief. Did that really just happen? Like something out of a movie or a TV show or a poem. It was naked. 
he was naked on the couch. The couch that I bought, he was naked. He was actually, he was kind of cute. I couldn't see a face, but I pictured a smiling. And that was the morning I knew I was genuinely moved on. Thanks. That was a fucking strange way to start a Saturday morning. Um, because the last time I read it as well, it wasn't clear. They were asleep. Um, <laughs> they, they still don't know that I know. Um, but I'm okay with it, and I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to make her feel awkward or weird. So, yeah, well, that happened. I that really was... wanted to ask you that last time, too. Yeah, so yeah, um, I don't know, the way I look at it is, I got a poem out of it, and she, yeah, we didn't have to have that whole strange interaction thing, yeah. Did you say but, you yeah, was... one more, or you're going to wait until the end? Uh, I can do it now, but it's on my phone, so I'll have to turn it off, is that, like, I'll turn my okay, video off, is that cool? What do you want to do? Uh, I've just got a note here, so I'll just do it on my phone. Okay, cool. Uh, it's very short. I only wrote it tonight. Um, so I write a lot of my poems when I'm driving, um, not when I'm actually driving, because that would be dangerous. Uh, I just, I don't know, a 10-minute trip takes me half an hour because I always pull over to write things. Um, yeah, so I decided to drop a car off at the garage tonight. and um, Yeah. I wrote this, just driving, it's only about a 20 minute drive. Anyway, the blonde witch in the back seat of the car ahead adjusts her hat. And I turn off the roundabout, aware that I'll never know the color of her eyes or the shape of a smile. Another stranger for the page to live on in memories or spoken out loud from time to time in front of new strangers whilst making new memories cool that's it that's like that's as far as i've got it's literally just like simply a note right, yeah. right on thanks. um thanks okay. <gasps> let's see next is generalissimo brian Tinko, who i have just asked to unmute did it work I believe it did, did it? It did, and now we just need to spotlight you. Where are you? Where did you go? There you are. Hold on, spotlight. All right, take it away. Shalom, everyone. Okay, I have to I have to eat and run because I have to be somewhere at 4.30, so I'm going to just roll through these. Uh, most of these are brand new, so you get to be guinea pigs. This was written in a recent workshop I did, so it's a really raw, but, so it's called, does it have a title yet? I don't think it even has a title yet. Um, oh yes, it's called, right now it's called Holy Highwire Batman, but we'll, we'll figure it out later. Um, there have been times I've continued to cry after my tear ducts ran dry. I heard on NPR that California almond and avocado farmers hire water well drillers that use oil exploration drills to tap previously untapped aquifers. The Earth's water is not an infinite resource. 
Farmers dig deeper and deeper every year, yet I still continue to cry when my tear ducts run dry. Unlike the earth, I will never run out of emotions. I won't deny myself a good cry, which is my equivalent of a balancing bar for an unrepentant high-wire act life. I understand I can't keep doing till I hit nothing or maybe cry a little magma. I understand that my personal aquifers are a limited resource, but crying on the inside is an option that has never worked out. And I can choose to let the high wire exist without attempting to cross it ever again. Thank you. The next piece is it takes a special kind of Kleenex to clean dystopian tears. Reality blends into dystopia as its eyes bleed dollar bills that burn when they touch cheeks. Facial skin becomes leathery, not cracked, but just hard enough to still be pleasant touch, what people in the antique biz call weathered, conditioned with exotic plants and animal oils that cost more than a not-so-dystopian tear. And let's see what we have next for you. Okay, I'm trying to coin a word. The word is zoomosphere, and this is called Beware When Entering the Poetry Zoomosphere. A friend invites you to watch poetry on Zoom for the first time. You say, I don't think I'm a poetry person. You decide to watch, but remember, for a poet, sitting in a chair hunched over a laptop isn't as comfortable as standing on a stage which allows for more movement and expression. It's about the poetry, not a perfect performance. Listen to the carefully chosen words, rhyme, rhythm, flow, and verbal acrobatics. Don't be afraid when you hear non-existent music behind a poem. It's not uncommon when a poet is thinking or writing a poem to hear a jazz combo accompanying his or her piece. The steady bum 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 of an upright bass, the perfectly placed blah, blah, of trumpets and trombones during pauses, even some whispery drum tapping. If you find yourself swaying to a poem like it's a good folk song, you can now call yourself a poetry person. Welcome to the Poetry Zoomosphere. Put pens and brightly colored comic books on your shopping list because one day soon, something out of the blue will trigger a poem in you. Gracias, everyone. And Aaron, this is such a wonderful, wonderful event that you have here. Thank you so much. Um, are you, are, is that it? Or are you, are you away now? Uh, you know, let me see if I have one more piece that's short enough to go here. Uh, you know what? I'll do a really short piece. It's called, it's an old piece. It's called Falling Free. They are yellow, red, orange, green, and brown. They are maroon, rust, ochre, umber, goldenrod, burnt sienna, and sunshine. They are paprika, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, and mace. They are mustard, ketchup, barbecue sauce, and salsa. They are melted processed cheese product atop blue tortillas with avocado, purple olives, red onion, and electric orange habaneros. They are every color in a carrot cake. They are a swirl of melted milk chocolate and pureed raspberries. They are Mother Nature performing a strip tease, these autumn leaves. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I hope you're not late for where you got to get to. No, no, I've got a couple minutes. Gracias. Cool. Um, all right, well, cool. Um, let's see. 
I believe we have Ms. Beth Hartley next. And you are right in my sights, darling. We go to the spotlight. Are you ready, doll? Okay. Yeah, darling, I'm here. Um, I've one old one and two new ones for you. Old in the sense that you guys have heard it before, but I am one angry, hormonally challenged woman tonight. So you're going to get it again. Um, and yeah, because uh, Caster Semenya got uh, her ruling today and it's not good and it makes me very cross. So uh, this I wrote at the start of her journey, I think, um, in May of last year, and it's called No Measure of Me Is Ever Enough, Too Much or Too Little. My chemicals analyze the results, then dramatize, because I don't fit how you define me. You want to make us, create us, use your rules to suppress us, because all I am, naturally, is a threat to your equanimity. If I'm not sugar, spice, and everything nice, then I must be something judgeable. My hormones must be nudgeable, so I can look more unexceptional to you. If I'm not tits and ass and all that will pass for normal. If I'm muscle or hairy, fat or contrary, my hormones more larry, it stands to reason I must be suspicious. But let me tell you this before you seek to dismiss. Perhaps you should examine yourself. Is your count all it should be? Are your numbers satisfactory? Maybe you don't quite fit where you thought. There's a lot of us, really who won't be reduced to merely some levels you seek to control. For the women you seek aren't going to come meek until you see us as whole. Um, thank you. Also, September, September is uh, piece 10 and I'm also the one in four that goes alongside that one in 10 that means I am one in uh, one in 10 women has polycystic ovarian syndrome and one in four women lose pregnancy to miscarriage um, and if you're PCO your chance of uh, if you're non-PCO your chance of losing a, a baby to miscarriage in pregnancy uh, you get basically your odds get better the more times you get pregnant. If you're PCO, that stands at one in four every single time. Um, which is why. I'm... Okay, switch off my video. My audio breaking up. Okay, thanks. Next, the other are we on is trying to uh, um, it was written for the, for the when I was teen, and it's called A State of Grace. Stand back and batten it down. It's that time of the week again, wading through lawn nunmations, the mountains of sadness, the winds of change. Every weekend can be hurricane season. Depends what kind of hot water she's in, rising and cooling to blind white rage that spins from room to room, 
collecting debris and depositing in dams and defences. I stand in the eye. Overwhelmed by destruction, clear a path on a rescue mission, making a way for the living, safety for the walking wounded. Can't imagine what makes her rise. The roar of what's gone, the fury of what's left, how hard it must press, pushing upward. All I know is the hurricane. Picking up clothes, books, books, sending into my path. The squall that gathers quickly, the damage I find later. I can pray for it to cease. I can be whatever help is. My own eruption make my landfall somewhere else. Pick my way between detritus, speaking only state of grace. Thank you. I'm very, uh, I'm very careful about writing poems about my work because I work in people's homes, and what I do is. Can be can be quite intimate, but um, I really needed to process that because I work at a place is very difficult. It's my least favourite job, unfortunately, and I'm spending twice as much time there now as I was before lockdown. Um, I have a word for you, you Holly. I have a word, Holly. Um, <laughs> uh, this uh, poem is called Revivescence. Revivescence is the process of revival after hibernation. Waking this oversleep hangs, clouding mind and judgment. Home so long we have contracted, hold up, we have forgotten, seen only change in microcosm. This is a year where the calendar stumbled and fell, dragging with us, dragging us with it in a, into a winter in spring. The man putting typeface underneath my skin talks of deer in the street outside. Wildlife walking pavements where we did not tread. Hawks and falcons braving tarmac while the world fled. I have not seen this year in gardens past. Trees they leaf and bloom. Only in blades of grass and lessons taken. Abundance in green vegetables, the leaves of daily breathing. Spring ran riot as we cloistered, everything waking as we slept, emerging only for food and stretching, shutting the cocoon behind us, cleaning all the keys. And now we have woken in September, the fortune coming as we, unsure, attempt to pick up the threads we left. Wondering what happened while we pursued a dormant safety open. Now with covered faces, sometimes recognition fails. But days are marked by unexpected reunions. Over roads, shop counters, and the car's whip. When I was asked to pray for revival, I didn't expect this. But now I'm on my knees. Desperate for resurrection.
Thanks, Beth. Totally feeling that. Like, majorly feeling that. Um, wow. Um, so next is Elizabeth McGowan. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. And I am spotlighting you. All right, take it away. Awesome. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I wasn't going to do this first poem, but then uh, Ken did his cat poem, and this is kind of similar to the cat poem. It's about finding a dead bird, so be warned. Um, on telling a friend I am writing to an insect theme, and finding out months later she has assumed I meant maggots. But maggots do not cross my mind at all. The plump rot seeking them of single mind, fat little white and wriggling shits with gall, but maggots do not cross my mind at all. First time you find a dead bird held in thrall, turn over corpse. The bird's eye sockets blind, but maggots do not cross my mind at all. The plump, rot seeking them of single mind. Death should be still, not undead, filled with things which almost serve to stand the bird upright, excited, bubbling underneath the wings. Death should be still, not undead, filled with things. Beak opens for a squawk, this dead bird sings a music. Jelly filled so moist, this blight death should be still, not undead, filled with things which almost serve to stand the bird upright. And this next one is a longer piece, and I don't think it really requires any sort of content note. It's a sort of a fairy tale. She comes with presents. And Aurora, ever suspicious of presence since her christening debacle, long story, Maleficent not invited, cursed the whole town, huge embarrassment, accepts gingerly, shakes the box a bit, seems fine, but she knows there is something not quite right about the disappearances. If you do not disappear, you do not need to buy your way back with presents. If you do nothing wrong, there is no reason for an apology. She always comes bearing gifts. Aurora and Ariel gaze at each other, stare each other down. This town ain't big enough for the both of them and both have been brought up to be the center of their own fairy tale. In this Disney town, they don't know whose name graces the cover of the DVD, who is the villain, the comedy foil, who will disappear halfway through and who the cameras are following. Aurora and Ariel know they must meet in battle. They will tell stories and whoever tells the most beautiful story will win. Friends make their choice, favoring the woman of the moment, ignoring the long game. The present is a book, of course, a storybook of sorts. Aurora ignores it and it glows, she imagines spitefully. Neon throbs on the bookshelf, and this is how you know this isn't a fairy tale. Fairy tales are pastel. A klaxon of pay attention to me. She reads the books shelved around it, but this makes it get brighter, and she reasons that she is thinking about it anyway. She begins to read. At first glance, it seems harmless. Tales of women as swans, women as seals, women as stolen. 
Women scissor snipping the catgut that stitched their lips closed to go into the community and speak. Children hide their heads as they fear to look upon the tiny holes around the mouths, the pockmarked faces. Children blame the face, not the disfigurer, the evidence and not the cause. The day Sarah approached shyly with candies, the woman, all the women, went home and sobbed. This is community. Aurora swallows the book whole, all the better to feel you with, my dear. She feels herself become swan, remembers weaving threads of nettles to cover her nakedness. These stories are not the poison she expected. She digests and burps her thanks. Ariel gets home after days and sits at her dressing table, taking a handful of her thick hair and pulling upwards. She tugs to reveal neck tufts and gradually a grey wolf slumps at the table, rubbing lupine temples. Rubs and rubs until face slips somehow. Grey fur slides upwards to reveal once again a girl. Because it's not that easy. Would that it were that easy. Not a wolf. None of us are wolf. Just girls playing wolf and crying, leave me alone. And what of Aurora? Is she now swan? Angrily flapping no opposable thumbs to open the bedroom door. No, this is not a fairy tale. And if she ever was swan, that was metaphor. She felt powerful for a short time, understood the past in white-winged ways. She is also just a girl who feels sad and does not understand. When a community divided in the past, what did you do? In school, made yourself oh so small in bars, go to the other side of the room with friends who shield you. If you are a storyteller, you cannot be small and you cannot have shield. Your entire purpose is to make yourself big on that stage. Biggest target, flashing fairground target, hit me and win a prize. And someone desperately wants to hit and hurt. You either let them or you stay at home. Aurora, once against her will, stayed at home for 100 years asleep. Sleep calls to her and it is oh so tempting. It will be forever this time. Handsome princes must not kiss without consent. Consent cannot be given while unconscious. Aurora knows this time it will be permanent and has not decided yet what she will do. And Erin, I just want to say that I was thinking about the show and trying to remember back to January, and the bit, I remember the bit that I really enjoyed was the Craigslist for the drummer. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, yeah, that was, that was, that was great. No, it's funny because I have another, I have a, more drummer stories and I actually just tried to get um, my friend who's from Derry to play the drummer, but uh -huh. whatever, that's a whole different story. Um, thank you though. Like, yeah, that was, that, that's like a pretty true exchange also, that drummer thing. Thank you so much. I love the shapeshifter poem. Yay. Oh, any, um, okay. So then I think the next person is uh, Ricky Frost. Do we have, I gotta put, where do I, I did see Ricky Frost. I love that Sleeping Beauty, Beauty poem about the consent. That was a great Hello. line. It was a great, great line. How are you on mute? Oh, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Everybody. Hi. Yes. Okay, so sorry, give me one sec. I'm just gonna. Okay, um, very excited to be here tonight, so I'm just gonna jump straight in. Um, this one's called Lighthouse. Every kid used to feign sickness to skip school, right? A morning of mother's love 
and cartoon comfort, by the afternoon I'd be just fine. She was once a lighthouse, you know, a bright beacon guiding us in the right direction, but her walls grew thick and her shine went dim. I remember the day she must have stopped falling for my little act, for I left the house with a heavy heart, past the corner of the cul-de-sac, half hoping I'd hear her voice calling me back. I considered that spot a happy place. If ever I needed space, it is the earliest memory I have of escape. Before I had a passport, before I thought about the inside of a court. You see, my siblings and I, we tried to revive the heartbeat of a household that couldn't survive. My father moved away and my mother lost a little more light every day. That same sinking sadness expanded some years later when I foolishly followed my father to a first floor flat. Traveling back and forth town to town can take its toll on a teenager, but hindsight highlights that the commute wasn't where the problem lie. I was hoping for happy smiles and how was your day instead of an incursion choking when approaching a broken home. I used to keep a shoebox beneath my bed Mementos of memories that only I could see, but the photos inside would lie and I'm trying not to do the same. So I threw away every little keepsake, pushing everyone out to start again. Maybe home is only found in someone to wrap my arms around. But until then, I'm just a little boy looking for his lighthouse on a corner of a cul-de-sac, half hoping it will call him back home. Thank you. Um, going to quickly scroll through and look for my second one. I'm going to perform uh, free today. Uh, sorry, won't be a moment. It's a terrible idea keeping it all on my phone because I much prefer to read it from paper. However, Sorry, can't find it. I might just have to choose a different one if I can't find it. There we go, I found it. Um, so this was the first person I met that helped me through heartbreak. Very cliche, I understand. However, it's called recovery. She caught my eye as I watched pedestrians passing by. She was simply sunshine, a whisper on a roller coaster ride smiling as she sketched the scene outside. That's the first thing we're drawn to, you know, each other's smiles. We can't always tell when someone's smile has been outworn or worn down, but it can be the kindest thing we can offer to a stranger. Waving her wrist, she welcomed the city onto the page, carefully choreographing her ballpoint pen. Doodles are seldom displayed in picture frames, she'd say. She's no Van Gogh but I think there's something so honest about creating art without the ability to erase. I saw beauty hiding in the plainest sights. It was like she was designed just for me to find and pick up lines have never been my style. All I needed was her name. I'll be Bonnie and you'll be Clyde, she'd say with a sadistic smile, looking for her partner in crime. Would she seek a degree of spontaneity rather than a murder spree? Was she seeking something to sink her teeth into? Maybe she too knew the taste of escaping heartbreak. No longer tethered, we could piece each other back together. Or maybe, maybe she's rewriting her storylines, making her her greatest feat to become intentionally incomplete. She left like a thief, unaware of what she'd stole. Her smile, the kindest thing she'd done that day.
and I never learnt her name. Wherever she is now, whoever may watch her draw, I'm sure she'll leave them wanting more. Thank you. I've got one more. Um, this one I wrote in lockdown um, was a little... It was more tapping into what I used to be when I was younger, and it was the hardest time um, of my life. So it's called Dealing With Dark Days. Okay. Should you wake with such a sudden wait, if tomorrow is so damn far away, here's how to make it through the day. Learn to live a hotel room lifestyle. Brush for transparency from your smile. Choose an outfit from the laundry basket cast across the floor. You know, routine is what pays the rent, but you can avoid break time small talk. No one cares about your cluttered thoughts. And besides, sadness has no appetite anyway. Sometimes work colleagues can become like family. You see them every day. They, they've seen you in every shade. And yet sometimes they simply leave. Notice how quickly things become normal after they're gone. How quickly things would become normal if you were simply gone. Pick up extra shifts. Build a spacecraft with your quilt. Waste away another day, but be aware of how quickly your bedroom can become a black hole. You can lose yourself on a midnight drive, flick your headlights blind and orchestrate an obstacle course for the oncoming. Conjure a concert hall of apology, but there's no one left to listen. You won't know which way to steer, but that's okay. Some will say it's just a mental state you claim you can't disguise. Are you defined by this darkness you have designed? Use two fingers and a thumb to fatten the shaping of a gun. Point the barrel to your head and paint these walls a shade of red. Twist every inch of misery from your ribs and see what is left. Waiting lists, appointments missed, every suicide attempt that led to this. I'm sure by now you'll have no doubt of how easy it is to be depressed, to swallow pills when every day is standing still, to be on the verge of giving up more often than not. So if you should wake with such a sudden wait, to be honest, there's really only one thing worth remembering. Save your bright, brightest smile for the darkest days, as this is when you'll need it most. There's no early checkout here, no matter how many times you try. Thank you. Wow, thank you, Ricky. Leslie has been um, singing your praises for a thank while now. I'm glad you appreciate finally it. made it. Um, that's so great. Thank you for coming and for reading for us. Thanks so much. Um, so next is Francis. See if I can find you quickly. There we go. Hello. Hiya. Hiya. Is it, uh, is it possible to do like um, a video share? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I totally forgot that you asked for that. I've, I've got the, um, I've got a And then I think goes okay, well so for, uh, you can do what you want. All right. I've got to figure out how to do it now. So, so uh, I've got like. Uh, do you do share screen on the bottom? Like, oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my 
the video coming up? Ouija board! Can you see a video? Is that there? Um, only for live performance. Is there a video on screen right now? Uh... No, we're looking at your files. Um, right, yeah, because I've opened up that, so I have no idea how to share the, um... Well, if you, I think if you just push play of the video, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done uh, that. You know it's probably, probably it's just picking the wrong window, so if yeah, you do, um, do no, let's see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 try to get into the window where it's playing. If I start playing this video, then I should. Oh, hang on, right? Yeah, it's technology. Just absolutely. Uh... I'll give it a few more seconds. If we can't figure out how to do it, I'll just. Okay. I'll just scrap it. Uh... I'm psyched. You're the you're the only other person besides me who I've ever seen do the whole video sound and poem thing. Well, I've never done it. Well, I've never. Well, I've not video shared it before, so I have absolutely no alt tabs with the window. I have absolutely no idea. Oh, wait a minute. Portion of screen. Let's have a look at that. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? <laughs> That's, uh... Can you see what oh, wow. It's a big black screen. <laughs> Uh, Jill, that's not happening, is it? So, um, oh well, doesn't matter. Does it? Uh, Was that it? Uh, yeah, I've got it. Well, I'll... do you have anything else? It's no big deal. You can, we can just move along. It's up to you. I'll do a poem. I'll, I'll do a very short poem. About Millsborough, the place I come from, the tale of two cities, very rich and very poor. Millsborough switch out into the North Sea, third generation boom and bust bastards who were born, so it seemed, to wear industrial flat jackets and hard hats and ear defenders. They only lift up to kind of catch to call, catch the kind of cat call calls and jokes. I'd make complaint to Emily in equality in uh, and diversity too. Only I don't. All he worries about is how much disposable income he can snort up his snot box before I get an earache off the missus. And all I worry about is how much disposable income I can skim off his coffee table top before pissing him off. And it's 3 a.m. And his eyes resemble windows like icons. And he confides in me that all she ever was was a desperately needed whore that desperately needed fucking in her eyes of doing the moon rule scroll over screensaver white same as his, same as mine. And above this conservative's double glazed dome, the moon is doing the same. The curse is scrolled across the screensaver sky. <laughs> Not getting that one. Offshore workers, eh? I love the cocaine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so the second to our penultimate reader is Pam. Na, 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 it's me. Na, na, it's me. It's me. Yay. <laughs> All right. So I can either 
I can either read like a really happy story that's just like fluffy and happy and it's all like la 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 or I can read like you know like poems and stuff um do you guys want to hear something happy or do you want to hear like like you know the stuff I usually read <laughs> first first let me tell you that this has been a crazy week I got roofied on Friday at my show which was horrific and that's the first time that's ever happened to me and it is awful when you feel your body like going away from yourself and you're like completely out of control I never had any idea like that there were predators in our midst and I loved your Sleeping Beauty poem about Aurora because I was like, I had to know, I was out for 12 hours. Anybody could have done anything to me and it would have been awful. And nothing happened, nothing untoward happened, just letting you know. But it was a crazy week, so that happened. Um, let me read the happy story just because let's be in a good mood. Why not? All right, here we go. Uh, Mommy, Petey isn't feeling good. Petey the hamster was feeling less than stellar. He was bleeding from his little hamster butt, and his teeth had grown far too long. He couldn't use his little sippy bottle effectively and was feeling his dehydration like a hammering hangover. He was trying to die in a quiet corner beneath the wood shavings, but Dawn wouldn't let this happen. She had him suspended above the metal cage, gripping him tightly in her tiny fingers. She whimpered and in tortured screeching tones mommy make him stop bleeding carolyn sighed sweetheart it's 9 30. it's friday there's nothing we can do mommy we have to take him to the animal doctor her eyes welled with tears and looked greener as usual than usual as she reasoned with her mom Big drops started rolling down her cheeks, and she buried her face in her mom's sleeve, soaking it with sniffling snot. Petey wriggled half-heartedly against her stomach. Carolyn hoped he wouldn't pee on her new cashmere sweater. Dawn loved little Petey much more than Stinky the fish. They had a lovely, watery send-off for him last Friday, complete with newly composed song and prayer, and Carolyn knew she was going to have to warm up the minivan and get the credit cards from the upper left-hand drawer reserved for emergencies. This was going to be expensive. Carolyn hated pets. She wasn't a cold woman, but she was afraid of death. Three funerals in three weeks. This is becoming ridiculous. She was tired of creating popsicle-stiff craft crosses covered in glitter and sequins. She was done with the sniveling and crying and praying and flushing. When Petey was gone, she would, he would, he would not be making, she would not be making another late night trip to Petco for birdcage supplies or beta fish food or new gecko complete with hot rock. Dawn was petting the bleeding hamster softly and Carolyn swore she heard Petey say, let me go, I'm tired, I want to die. They loaded him into a soft blanket and piled into the car at 10 p.m. It was an hour past Dawn's bedtime, but her tears were becoming more intense. She rolled the window down part way and began to soothe softly. See how pretty it is outside? I know you can't see it and we might be moving too fast, but look at all the lights, Petey. Feel the wind in your fur, Petey. I'm sorry I never took you out before. I'm sorry I didn't play with you more. I love you, Petey. 
This was all too much emotion for Carolyn to deal with. She'd finalized the divorce six months ago, and these pets were get being a sad substitution for Don's daddy. She wished she could be chatting up a new man, drink in hand, at this particular Friday night. Hopefully, 